All right. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of Melissa Time. My name's Melissa. I am your host. I'm a comedian. I'm here. I'm talking into this camera. Hello. What's going on? Well, for those of you who are not listening to this podcast with the visual aid of the glorious camera work that I've been uh, slowly learning how to implement with my phone, I'm using a camera phone, camera phone. I'm not even sure what the hell's going on in the world lately, other than the sort of macroeconomic, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Is there gonna be food insecurity? What do we do? Do I grow potatoes in my backyard? (laughs) Right? I don't know. I have no idea. It feels like things are about to get funky soon, however. So, I actually have been growing potatoes in my backyard. I've been trying to learn how to grow for such a long time now and it's a long hard road because I just I don't naturally have a green thumb my mom and my grandma and her mom and her grandma I mean I think it goes back and back and back they've all been good at growing plants ever since I was a little kid there was always a window full of plants in my family's respective apartments but I just couldn't couldn't do it. I would wreck their plants, actually. When I was a kid, I would take my dolls and it was just a hodgepodge of different, you know, Happy Meal dolls and 99 cent store dolls and El Mundo, which is just Latino 99 cent store in New York, Bronx dolls and just all kinds of dolls from the Chinese uh, doll store, toy store. I don't know if they're Chinese, actually. It could have been Korean. But you just little tiny miniature people. I, I collected them from all of these different places. And it didn't even matter where they came from. I got a dollhouse one time, wrecked the dollhouse, kept the dolls. I just, I liked having little tiny people to control, which is probably where the idea for that game Sims comes from. And just like Sims, where you just kind of make your tiny people, your little homunculi that you have under your control, go through horrific trial and and torture and death just for your own tepid amusement. I would do the same thing with those dolls. So those dolls, first of all, I would strip them of their nice clothing. If I couldn't, like the Pocahontas Happy Meal doll I got one time, I would just, I'd scrape the paint off so it'd be like as if they were nude. And then I would sew together shitty clothing and I knew it was shitty I did it on purpose I was trying to make them the clothing of poor people from the turn of the century which basically means I was trying to make tiny potato sacks with little holes for their arms and legs for them to wear and uh, you know with a little piece of cloth to cinch around their waists like a little belt I don't know why I did that I don't know why I threw them all into serfdom but that's what I did with my dolls Maybe they deserved it. Maybe it was a commentary on capitalism. Maybe I was, uh, maybe I was saying something about McDonald's and, uh, maybe I was saying the nothing actually. What I was doing was I just really got a kick out of these dolls and just dressing them up like little slaves, serfs basically, and then reenacting scenes in my head that I would make up in my head and then play over, just play it over and over again, the same game of having them escape through my grandmother's potted plants. 
And I guess that was a little weird. And I would have them camp out under a ficus. So I would build a little fire in this plant pot. And uh, I'd make, I'd collect little pieces of wood, whatever was flammable enough. Wood actually tended to not be flammable because it was still green from the tree that I would strip it from outside. And I would just make a tiny little bonfire. And when I got in trouble for that, I compromised by fashioning a torch, a makeshift torch out of metal rods that I would break off of combs and whatever I could find. And then I would wrap the top of it with loads of paper and cloth. And then I would dip that end into my grandmother's candle that she she would keep lit on her religious altar. Once it was covered in wax and extra flammable, then I would light it up. And that's what my little surf, my little runaway surf would use to keep the wolves at bay while they camped out in the wilderness on their way to freedom. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I don't know what the hell was wrong with me. I thought I thought about slavery a lot when I was a kid. I thought about slavery and being free and liberty, probably because I grew up in the Bronx. So there was a lot to want to be free from and run away. And I guess I did it because I'm in Austin, Texas now, where no one from the Bronx can ever hurt me again, unless you count myself. That was weird what I did with those dolls, but it it wasn't even as weird as I ever got with dolls. It, it certainly wasn't as weird as when I started mummifying them. So that's cool. If you wanna know how to mummify your dolls, uh, you just need a lot of toilet paper and a sizable amount of the toothpaste out of the tube of toothpaste in the bathroom. Just, just trust me, those two things. Then I started trying to make a sarcophagi, but I think that's when I started to get old enough to be like, what the fuck am I doing? I should be looking at boys, what the hell? I should be caring about ponytails and makeup and stuff the fuck is this? Instead of dressing my dolls up as slaves, I should be dressing myself up as a sex trafficked whore to get guys. What the hell is going on here? Now I didn't think that way. Not yet because Instagram hadn't been invented to make you think that way. So that's good. That's Instagram is essentially a whore making machine. It just incentivizes you it's a pipeline. You know, all of the women on Instagram that would whore themselves out, they're too old now. They're probably above 25. That's ancient in pussy years. I think your pussy, uh, based on what I see in the media, when the cutoff age is to be a model or like an it girl actress, uh, seems like your pussy ages in dog years while you and your body age regularly, like that in the same age rate as that of men, but your pussy actually ages at an accelerated rate. So if you want to know how old your pussy is, think of it as a dog, right? So once you're 25, I mean, you're old, old, that's an old dog, old, old, old dog or cat. So, you know, you don't want to use Instagram anymore as a pipeline to OnlyFans. That's what TikTok's for. TikTok is great because uh, everyone there is of questionable age. And that's exactly where you want your porn talent coming from. Uh, from a pool of people whose age you feel a little uncomfortable with. You feel okay enough to not mention it, but not okay enough to want to ask how old they are. And so the pipeline to OnlyFans continues. This is a weird cusp to be on with social media because you know, you got Instagram used to be the, it was kind of the, the OG uh, whore factory, you know, it just kept, it just keeps incentivizing girls to like, you know, to push it a little further, just for some more likes, just for popularity. There's nothing wrong with popularity, do it. 
do it to be popular. What's wrong with that? It just means people like you more. And it just so happens that people like you a lot more the more you show. So, you know, do a little, right? How about a little shoulder, right? How about a little cleavage, right? How about a little nip? Free the nipple. Oh, make it activism so it's okay, right? Free the nip, free the nip. Show a little ass, jiggle it. People like that. It's like jello, it's nice. And then eventually you get to OnlyFans. And OnlyFans is basically where the pimp comes in. OnlyFans is like, yeah, you know, I take 20% and then you just, you know, you have a safe space to kind of let your hair down and really be popular, really popular. And then there you go. Now you're just in some virtual red light district, popping uh, golf balls out of your puss for like 15 bucks a picture or video. I do not know. Definitely too many whore jobs available. Nothing wrong with whore jobs, but it shouldn't be the only best kind of job that you can get. It just shouldn't. I really don't give a fuck about the sex positive movement when it comes to this topic in particular. It's fucking bullshit. It's not okay for whore jobs to be the predominant job available to girls under 25. And realistically, girls under 20. That's just kind of the way it is. And it's not because it's wrong to be a hoe. It's not that at all. It's just that you are developing a skill set that has an expiration date. You can't be a whore forever. So all of the time you could be spending learning a trade, maybe becoming a lawyer or an electrician or a farmer or something. All of those years you've been wasting where you could have learned those skills. Instead, you have been learning the fine art of wearing butt scrunch shorts and angling a camera under your asshole in such a way where your cheeks look the plumpest. And so that that skill so far, as we know, maybe something will change in the future, that skill does not translate into a long-term career unless your ultimate goal is to be a brothel owner or the manager of one, and then fine. But I don't think there's a lot of those jobs to go around for every old whore, right? So you gotta, you gotta encourage girls to, you know, in their free time from whoring, learn something, to learn how to do something, cook even, right? You could be a chef, whatever, and run a business. I doubt that OnlyFans helps you learn how to run a business. I don't think so. It learns, makes you learn how to run a business within the confines of OnlyFans, relying on the platform that OnlyFans provides you in order to do everything that you need to do. Without it, what, what can you do, right? Without OnlyFans, what is the part of your business savvy that used to go well with OnlyFans that can connect to something else? I don't know. OnlyFans should have partnership programs with girls who code and things like that. That I swear, that's what that's what they should do. You know what they should do? They should make OnlyFans in such a way that forces girls to code in order to be on OnlyFans. Like you teach them some light HTML, CSS, JavaScript, vanilla JavaScript, right? You teach that to them by making that the way that they post and upload and do things like that. Because then it, it kind of gets in their head a little bit, you know? It just becomes instinctual to, to type in vanilla JavaScript to make a thing happen on their pages while they're showing their pussies. They're also learning to code. I think, I think I'm onto something here. Girls who code, you need to join forces with OnlyFans. You have to. You have to help these girls. 
because they're making tons of money with the OnlyFans. And so you teach them to code, right? You teach them a little business savvy, right? You make it a pipeline. At least if you got to get through the pipeline of Instagram, TikTok through to OnlyFans, whoring yourself out for 20 years, like there should be at the at the end of that, you know, when you're an old hoe and your pussy's like a hundred in dog years, right? In other words, you're 16 years old, that there's a connection directly to an accelerator program that leads you, boom, right into a job. So then you could just paper push and just support yourself for, you know, those golden years of your life when you're an old hag, you know, when you're 35. And I don't know. I think I got some good ideas here. We gotta, we gotta get on this, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the world, you know, I think we're in for some hard years ahead. I really think that, not only think it, I mean, we're living it. You know, we're living through probably the extreme beginnings of some hard years ahead. Food scarcity, I think, is going to be a big deal and all that. But I don't know how bad it's going to get. And I don't know how much this is influencing me, but I've been seriously thinking about becoming a farmer. I really really like that idea because I hate working in an office. Corporate culture, until it gets reformed into something that's a little more viable for the well-being of uh, the, the average person's fucking soul, when they fix that whole little glitch where they kill you inside for, you know, as a prerequisite for working with them, when corporations stop and HR departments stop coming up with innovative ways to subjugate you, to make you comply, to make you submissive, right? When corporate culture cuts out that whole thing where when you get into an office, you can't even talk like a regular person in an office. You ever, you ever notice that? That's your first sign that there's something wrong. When you're not in a library, a place of learning, and you walk in there and all of a sudden everybody has to talk like this and has to be really not aggressive, even the men, because that's kind of not frowned upon. And you really can't speak above just a murmur. You know, you, you really want to just kind of blend in with the office supplies and what they sound like. So whatever the, the photocopier kind of sounds like, that hum, that's kind of the decibel level that you want to stay at just so that you don't scare anybody or make them think that you're microaggressing against them. And also my pronouns are fuck off. Have a nice day, right? That's when all that shit stops. Maybe I'll think about working in an office, but it's already too late for me. All right. I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. I don't have the temperament, but farming actually strikes me as the only job that I haven't felt like I hated so far where I just feel like I can help people in a way that means something to me. Because giving people food means something to me. If one day I could have a farm, I could start inviting people to stay and be safe for a little while, you know? And maybe even one day I'll start, a, I'll make a, I'll put a wall around that farm and start a compound and my own cult. And that would be awesome. And it would be the cult of leave everybody the fuck alone cult right and then and everybody just lives there and the and the rule is leave everybody the fuck alone it's in the name of the cult very easy to remember also once a year everybody has to 
switch sexualities just for you see what i'm saying you see how fun that sounded for a second just funny to be able to control people like that well that's what corporate ceos feel i think and hr heads of hr departments feel every day i really really think that i really think that they just at their core you know while they're trying to run a business and make a profit and do what they have to do and pay their bills they also really love coming up with ways to almost gleefully they like to just think up ways to make your life more miserable but in very small minute ways that chip away at you little like i'll fill out this survey because you know we're gonna do something with that in a couple weeks that you are not gonna like fill out this little questionnaire because we're going to have a roundtable discussion about everyone's opinions, you know, about the next retreat that we're all going to go on. What do you want to do on the retreat? Want to go to a, a drag show, which at this point in time is just a glorified adult clown show? You want to go and listen to jokes that are racy? and double entendres and then everybody just pretends to laugh together you want to do that wide-eyed not blinking laughing in each other's faces aren't we having a great time (sighs) i really really hate those people not all of them but all of them you know what i mean but farming feels like i can get in there and i can i think i can find something in that field that i would vibe with i think i i really think i could so I don't know. I'm going to look into it and, and see what comes of it. I've been trying to grow some stuff in my backyard now that I have a backyard. I think I'm really going to go all out, though, this time. I'm going to volunteer at a couple of farms in the next couple of weeks and see where that goes. Because it's also going to be difficult because I don't want to stop doing stand-up. And in terms of the schedule, I mean, those two things are diametrically opposed to each other. Because stand-up is nighttime, late night. Farming is early morning. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I can nap in the middle of the day. I don't know. I'm getting way ahead of myself. First, I'm just going to volunteer at these places, basically work for free. And uh, it's going to be a little rough because my last name's Diaz. They might just think I'm a migrant worker and uh, send me off to do like real work when I'm just supposed to be, you know, like an eco tourist or something. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Having a last name Diaz, you gotta be, you gotta watch it. They'll give you the real experience versus the, uh, you know, the white girl experience. So I gotta, I gotta watch out for that. Gotta watch out. I want the Sarah experience, not the Gutierrez experience. Thank you very much. See, not the Caesar Chavez experience. Thanks. But I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. Seems seems cool. I don't know what that's going to do to my skin. I guess I'm going to have to get a big floppy hat or something. I, don't, I, I honestly don't even care at this point. Yep, and then the, the farm doesn't work out. Maybe I'll just raise the whole thing to the ground and just open up a comedy club. That could be something. But I, I really, I want to be close to growing food. I think it's going to be important in the next few years. And I don't want to be apocalyptic about the whole thing. I don't think it's going to be that crazy, actually. A lot of people think it's just going to be uh, just a dumpster fire for the next 50 years. But I think it's going to be more of a slow, gradual burn. People are going to feel it here and there. Like, I think people are going to feel more of a pinch. You know, you got to tighten their belts a little bit. But I don't think it's going to be flat out catastrophe 
after catastrophe every single day other than the um, occasional natural disaster I don't know we'll see I just want to grow food I think I'm just giving myself a bunch of reasons to get into farming that justifies it to me. I don't need to justify it, though. I just want to get in the dirt. I love getting in the dirt. And it would be really cool to get into nice, fresh dirt here. When I was a kid, I used to dig around in the dirt and bury my spare change in the ground outside of my building. In the little, what you, what was supposed to be the uh, hedge-lined uh, interior, you know, exterior courtyard entrance to the building, but was really just barren slabs of dirt on both sides. And I used to just, with my fingers, just dig down in there and bury my, my change. And every time I'd come back, somebody would have stolen it. And it was basically just the local junkies who also pissed on that dirt. So I was like digging down through like junkie piss. And then that same junkie would come back and then the ground was disturbed and they're very curious people. They have a lot of time on their hands, right? He would just probably dig through his own piss dirt and, and oh, look at that. I can get a, I get some crack. And that was kind of it. So in a very roundabout way, I was donating to the community back then already at such a young age. I was already, I was already seeding things in the ground that were then being un, uh, that were being uh, harvested for the community. You see what I'm saying? So even back then, I, in a way, I was a farmer. I was already, I was born to do this. I was born to be a sucker in this way. And then you got to think about uh, land. That's going to be a bitch. It's hard to get land. I don't even want a lot of land though. I, an acre, a backyard, I think would be good to start. It'd be kind of cool to do some of that urban farming. And I've been looking into it when I was going. Oh, and then I, and I also weirdly qualify for it. I never, I never, listen, I never in my life, thought that a degree in sustainability was going to do anything for me. I really just took it because I didn't want to take anything useful on purpose. Like I didn't want to do anything useful. And I wanted to have a degree that I can bullshit my way into multiple different fields while I was getting my degree. Theater, if I felt like it, right? And sustainability just happened to be the right one. And then I also took some interesting other like actual sustainability related courses, but uh, apparently farming requires a degree in farming science and or sustainability. So in some weird way, I stumbled upon a degree that is actually helping me right now somehow. So that's cool. That is very, very cool. I'm trying not to get too far ahead of myself though, because I'm thinking about farming and all, and I'm just so excited about it now that I keep thinking ahead into inviting people over to my farm and telling my friends they could come and like running a comedy show there and and uh having a jazz trio pop-up jazz trio there and a cafe and this and that and like oh my mom I get her a rocking chair and just put her right on the porch right shotgun go skeet shooting that is the one that is a cool thing about Texas is being able to just get a gun I don't know I don't know that I want to go hunting anything personally but I do eat meat so I almost feel like obligated to try and hunt once in my life and bear some of the responsibility of meat eating because I'm not going to be vegan. I'm not going to be vegetarian. I just want a burger. I'm willing to shoot something in the face to justify it to myself. I don't want to get too 
stupid about it though because some people i think you know you hear people here in texas i've talked to a couple of people who actually hunt and and in texas they have this thing called a um what's not called it's a deer like a deer ranch or buffalo ranch and you go and hunt on their grounds for whatever they have roaming around then you drag it back in drag the corpse of whatever you killed back in and they'll process it for you and you just take all that shit home take all the meat home and those people are just another breed of douchebag some of them because you know they won't even call it hunting it's they call it harvesting and I, I, that's that's right there that's just a big turnoff for me and any kind of activity when people start giving special lexicons for the experience and then it becomes some kind of like pseudo cultish douchebag group that you just become a part of that they're like hey you're one of us and we're gonna harvest deer it's like look we're we're murdering something we're murdering something we're gonna take its corpse back and consume it and that's just kind of it Please don't attribute any kind of religious profoundness in this experience. There is none. We are we are murderous monkeys and we like meat. And that's kind of it. And there's nothing and, and also it's good for us. If it weren't at all good for us, then there would be literally no justification for it. But it just so happens that it is good for our dietary requirements. So that's kind of it. It's hard to evade stupid cultures in life. You're always like sidestepping somebody's dumb thing. Everything you want to do. You can you could buy a hat. You could buy a fucking hat and you just happen to like a certain style. And somebody like, oh, you're one of those, you're one of us, right? And it's like, no, I'm not one of you. I like I like the look, but I'm not of it. Like stop trying to make a nationality out of like the kind of shoes you like to wear, you know, or like a hobby. Stop it. It's not an ethnicity. It doesn't have to become an ethnicity or a culture. You could just do it. You know what I'm saying? You could just do a thing. And you can you can talk about it. You can write poetry about it. You can dance under the full moon about it. About how much you like Stetson hats, right? Or how much you love harvesting deer. But for the love of God, like, don't just leave me out of it. Just leave me out of it. I'm just trying to do a thing. But anyway, I think that's it for me for today. I have, I have updated you and all the weird shit going through my head right now. I'm still sorting it out. I mean, whatever. I'm still sorting my fucking life out. You can tell. But I am a little closer, I think. I'm really excited about the farming thing. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you a status update. Maybe if you're into that, I can, I can give you some resources or something. I don't know. But yeah, uh, I'm gonna let you go. I uh, really appreciate you coming back and listening again. You don't have to. You did. That's awesome. And uh, come back again soon. Come say hi. And I'll say hi back. All right. So this was Melissa Time. If you like what you hear, if you want to hear more, you know, like, subscribe, get a, get in on the action. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye. Thanks again.